This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is brought to you by Cervical Kimonos. Action is everything. The famous BJJ Gi brand in the UAE and Middle East. Also, they are all over Europe and shipping worldwide. Cervical Kimonos. Action is everything. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Famous Oz Pizza. is the pizzeria based in Karachi, Pakistan that specializes in New York style pizza made with the exact same ingredients from in from New York City. The owner has spent the last many years learning the art of pizza making New York at some of the best family owned pizzerias in the city. If you like real New York pizza, you will love famous oh i'm a pizza lover as most of you guys know and i had been there it's so perfect like a pizza dreamland the environment the flavors the vibe and the owner is called dr pizza for a reason you must visit or even order from them access famous pizza on instagram and facebook This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Pacific Multi Products, PMP, an Adam G Group company, your most reliable supplier of raw materials in Pakistan, specializing in petrochemicals, rubber and textile, raw materials for the Pakistan market. Access www.pmp.com.pk. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Soul Side is an industrial design and art studio also based in Karachi, Pakistan. They run creative design workshops throughout the year and also manufacture unique collections of functional pieces. Be the Ocean is one of the series inspired by Samara Hunt's disease. I start about a woman who, despite her human shortcomings, believes that she belongs to the water. The collection has been launched as a functional wooden epoxy resin art series and in Include ocean trays, platers, platters, wall installations, and furniture pieces. The entire series is now up and live on the Instagram business account. Access at Soulside Studio. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Trauma Release and Wellness Center is a wellness base in Karachi, Pakistan that aims to empower people through trauma recovery and personal development. Through the use of trauma release exercise and other therapies, therapeutic practices. They release the tension from the body that helps in healing individuals and groups from within. For more details, access www.trwcentred.com. And last but not least, this episode of Jiu-Jitsu Cafe Podcast is also brought to you by Fitmap, your one-stop shop to all things fitness. episode of our podcast. Today we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. By sharing our collective expertise, we will show you how to harness, control, and use your own skill set to achieve ultimate success and live the life you want. And now, please welcome your host. Thanks, Rafe. Hi, everyone. I'm Carlos Almeida, third degree BJJ Black Belt. Let me introduce our guest today. He's a brown belt represents Carson Grace team. Also, a head instructor at Carson Grace Team Karachi. Speak four languages, Urdu, English, German, and Japanese. Also, he had training and compete all over Europe, having conquered many medals in several of the tournaments. Ladies and gentlemen, with us today, my brother, 
coach Alisha Ahmad. Hello everyone. We are here again with the Jiu-Jitsu Cafe podcast. Today, as you know, my very good friend, my brother, Alisha. How are you doing, brother? Thank you, thank you for accepting the invitation. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for having me, Carlos. Uh, um, it's uh, a real pleasure to be here. Um, and I hope we can have you know, a good chat about jiu-jitsu and maybe some coffee. Of course, of course. That's great. Uh, Alicia, I usually started asking my guests about their origins, childhood and teenager time, uh, something like that, and how you grow up, how, how you start your life, basically. Can you share with us? So I was um, born and raised in uh, Karachi, Pakistan. Um, I... I've lived here my whole life. I just left for university uh, for about 10 years. I did some work in the UK. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, I think I had a, a good childhood. Um, it was a bit unusual in that I went to a German school in Pakistan. So I speak fluent German, which always baffles people. They're like, why do you speak German? Why do you go to a German school? Um, yeah, it was a very good school and they had uh, good programs and it was just different. So um, I'm lucky. I think I was one of the last generations that grew up outside, you know, without too much uh, internet and TV and all of that stuff. We still had that. We grew up with the internet, but uh, but not too much. So, yeah, I mean, unremarkable, uh, but good, you know, a good childhood. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, also, as you said, it's not uh, normal to see someone who studied in a German school. Uh, how is that for you? You use it that in your life when you become adult or only on that experience? Um, I think I use it still every day uh, because some, some scientific studies show that when you think in a certain language, the way you think changes. If I think in French or Urdu or English or whatever. So growing up in that German school environment, I think taught me to be very organized and uh, disciplined, I guess. So I'm, I have a lot of friends from the UK and they just think I'm really weird. You know, I have a lot of friends here and they think I'm really weird. <laughs> you know? so, so I don't quite fit in anywhere except jujitsu and, um, it is what it is. Awesome, awesome. And about your uh, sports education, how you start in which sport and how BJJ come to your life? So um, most Pakistani schools, I'm not sure what their curriculum is like, but most kids here grow up playing cricket. Um, now kids play football. I used to play a lot of floor hockey like indoor floor hockey, um, a lot of swimming. We used to have some good gymnastics classes. So that was, that was our, my foundation at the German school. Um, when I was in, in um, high school, I uh, used to get into a lot of trouble, you know. So my father made me join the Navy swimming team. So I used to swim for the Pakistan Navy. 
as a civilian. And, um, you know, I, I got selected to swim for Pakistan for the national team. And I had the choice to either start training for the Sydney Olympics or to go to college. And I chose college, which I still think is a good idea. Um, yeah, in, uh, in university, it was just mostly lifting weights, you know, bodybuilding, get the nice muscles, you know, try and look good. And I had some goals. I wanted to, you know, deadlift a certain amount, bench press a certain amount. And once I hit those goals, I was like, okay, now what? You know, what do I do? And um, I was into J Japanese culture a lot. So I started kendo, which is um, like Japanese fencing. I did that for about a year. And then I was like, I'm not going to be walking around with a stick. So um, I started looking for good defensive martial arts, good aggressive martial arts. And I started with Muay Thai. I did that for about three or four months. And then um, it was at the same club. It was at Carlson Gracie Club. And uh, I said, hey, you know, let's try jujitsu. And immediately I fell in love. I was hooked, you know, from the first role. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story of many of us bro for sure that's it so uh it's quite of uh, interesting also the opportunity to join the navy right uh, even you choose the the university after that but uh not everybody get this opportunity i say that for you because in my in my perspective when i was at the age of 18 here in brazil the boys go to to armed forces and they and they choose you go you don't go and this and that and the first question there is that do you want to serve your country and i said yes but I'm small and very skinny at that time. And I think, I, I don't remember exactly if it's a captain or, or major who did this first interview. Uh, he said something like this, uh, did you understood my question? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and he, he repeated the question. Then I said, yeah. yes, sir, I want to serve the country. I want to serve the armed forces. But at the end of the story, they said, no, you are too small, too short, you're too skinny, go home. <laughs> Their loss. Yeah, maybe I win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, everything for the best, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, maybe if I, being there, I don't start jiu-jitsu and... We never get this conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think, I believe, I'm a true believer in everything happens for the best. So you just have to hang in there. Yeah. Uh, brother, for the people who don't follow us yet, maybe it's, it's the first contact with us. I know because I'm your fan, you know that. And you still giving classes on Zoom, right? But uh, explain to the people who was interested in this episode how the quarantine is working for you, uh, your exercise at home, this class on Zoom, 
in your family mm -hmm. time? How you manage all of this? Um, I'm a, I, I really like the idea of balance. I think if you can create balance, you can be very powerful in life in general. But, you know, for anyone that does jujitsu or anyone that loves jujitsu, the truth is there's no balance. You know, we like to think, yeah, you know, I have a day job. Oh, I'm going to work nine to five and then I'm going to go teach jujitsu or I'm going to spend this much time with family. But jujitsu takes over, you know, whether it's your diet, it's your meal planning, it's your recovery, it's your sleep. Uh, jujitsu pretty much gets priority, you know, and, and my wife, she'll kill me, <laughs> she'll kill me <laughs> for saying this, but she knows, you know, I, I say, of course, family first. And of course, family does take priority in a lot of aspects, but the the truth of the matter is that when I decided to open an academy, uh, it was a big decision. It was a very big decision and it's a very big part of my life now. So um, uh, quarantine, I still train every day. Uh, we do Zoom classes three times a week and um, I, I try and train at least five to six days a week, at least. Um, I, I think, like, like I said, everything's for the best. So even though, you know, people are freaking out, oh my God, there's no jujitsu, I can't roll. I'm going to be a blue belt. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to lose all my jujitsu. I don't think that's the case, you know. Sometimes uh, if you have an injury or something happens and you get to take a break, your mind is still working. So when you get back on the mats, you have a different perspective. Um, so I'm using this time to build myself up, you know, do some boxing drills, do a lot of kettlebell exercises, do lots of strength and conditioning, the things I don't get to do when jujitsu is a priority. And of course, number one, absolutely right now is family, which is the best. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so uh to to get this in a main point the covid don't impact so much your practice as you said right uh jiu jitsu or uh, even uh physical activities and how you think the people when that thing get under control how you think the people mm -hmm resume the mat they will be more uh, uh, strong mentally of course if you practice if you have a good mindset you'll be stronger on on mental game right on the mind mm -hmm. games uh, but about the bodies i mean because jiu-jitsu we know uh, we need to do a lot of efforts with our joints our ligaments uh, yeah. and muscles how do you think in general, not only in your, in your academy, but in general, how you see this scenario after the pandemic gets over? I think it can go two ways. Uh, I think either there are a lot of people who've taken a big break, you know, their hands have healed, their fingers don't hurt, their joints don't hurt so much, and they're just like, you know, I prefer this life. They can get lazy or whatever. And some other people are, you know, very hungry still for jujitsu. It's such an important part of their life. Like I was listening to your um, podcast with uh, 
coach uh, Atif from PFF, and he was saying how jujitsu is a de-stressor. So, so many people that train, you know, jujitsu is such an important part of our mental health, not just our physical health. Um, and just just like an observation, uh, now with quarantine and everyone being off jujitsu, so to speak, I find it very interesting that a lot of people are saying, oh, coach, you know, for example, we're not going to do Zoom classes. We're, we're going to start real jujitsu. What is real jujitsu? You know what I mean? Like you, jujitsu is the mindset of overcoming any obstacle. I left the UK um, four months after receiving my blue belt. And when I was a white belt, all I wanted was my blue belt. That's all I cared about. I was like, I want my blue belt. I want my blue belt. And when I got it, I found out that I was moving back to Pakistan. And initially I thought, oh my God, look, everyone who's been promoted with me, they're all going to progress so much faster because the level here is higher. Who am I going to train with? And all these sort of thoughts went through my head. But I just decided that no matter what happens, if it takes me 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I'll never quit. And I think, you know, whether it's an injury or some family issues or something that happens, what jujitsu teaches us is to never quit. Um, and so people who are taking it easy right now, I'm judging them, you know, to be completely honest, because uh, you just, you can't let your foot off the gas pedal. You just got to keep pushing no matter what comes your way. Of course, family and you know, all sorts of things happen. Um, but otherwise, there's really no excuse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was discussing with a friend by WhatsApp two days ago. Uh, he started at the same time than me. And we're talking about, man, you can imagine if uh, that happens on our blue belt time or even purple belt time. We have nothing because even uh, VHS, maybe two months, three months after the tournament finish, like uh, when uh, yeah. Brasileiros finish, they yeah. took the tapes, make some copies, and we received that in Sao Paulo maybe four months later. <laughs> How we can improve? And now the youngsters, they complain, oh, I want to do on my house for six months or whatever. I said, man, come on. That's a gift for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Alicia, uh, this is a, a kind of question, but it's a personal question I have to you because, uh, mm -hmm. uh, as you said, you listened to the podcast with uh, Atif, and I said the same thing. I can't do uh, split my attention with many things. Mm -hmm. How you balancing? You said balance is too much important, but this thing, a businessman, a coach, academy owner, and an athlete life. Explain for me, please. I want to learn this. There's no balance. Like I said, um, when I'm at work, you know, of course, when you're involved in an activity, 
you need to have some kind of discussion or you need to have a meeting with someone or whatever you're you're focused on that but you know if you get some time to read some emails or reply to some emails my mind starts to work on oh the techniques for the class you know what should we focus who needs to work on what um i think you know we have a very unique situation in pakistan because jiu jitsu is so fresh here you know to try and teach the techniques for different like you know when you go to the, when i go to london and i train in london there are so many black belts and everyone has their own style and different body types and the way they teach and i'm one person you know i think my jiu jitsu is mediocre but i'm still trying to learn and i want to teach someone who's 50 kilos i want to try and teach them what's going to work for them i want to teach a 100 kg guy what's going to work for him i want to teach some of the smaller people you know what's going to work for them and i'm 90 kilos 6 foot so my style is very different but i need to try and think of what's going to work for different people so i'm always studying always trying to learn um and and yeah it takes up a lot of time it takes up a lot of time and mental space um but there are a lot of things i've started doing like after training always yoga always always after training we have like 45 minutes to cool down stretch that helps your heart rate come down your nervous system relaxes you can um start to focus on different thoughts you know um and uh, i mean as an athlete that's just full time because you're looking after yourself so am i hydrating enough am i getting enough nutrients am i eating enough vegetables am i eating enough fruit blah 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 blah, blah. so it's um it's it's difficult to switch off i find it very difficult to switch off so yeah yeah so i i'm not so bad on this right because you said yeah. you have you have no balance <laughs> so i i don't uh, feel guilty right no one should feel guilty it's very difficult <laughs> i mean the, the journey is never ending right we're always trying to get better yeah yeah uh you touching a point it's uh, very important for me and i said to every beginner by beginner i mean uh white belt till the blue belt uh, two stripes or some mm -hmm. sometimes three stripes right uh the beauty of bjj is that you can apply the same technique with uh, little variations and you can apply if you have a 50 if you have 100 if you are taller if you are smaller mm -hmm. that's that's the beauty of the game in my opinion and you said mm. exactly that when you find someone uh with some body type you try to improve his body type with some kinds of techniques and technique is yeah. also, also true that's man that's the 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 amazing thing about our art in my opinion absolutely and you know there's a saying uh jiu jitsu is for everyone but everyone is not for jiu jitsu yes and, you know that, that's also very much true indeed indeed uh brother about uh, bjj scenario in pakistan you said it's too fresh but uh 
I was there, I went there 2015, 17, and 18. I saw a lot of improvements. Of course, everyone, everybody has something to improve. Uh, but I'm so glad when I left uh, Pakistan last time because I saw many people improving in the academies with the more people practicing BJJ. Uh, can you tell us about the scenario in Karachi and even in Pakistan before this outbreak coming? Uh, I think jiu-jitsu just before the uh, COVID-19 outbreak was really just improving and getting better and better. Uh, we had a tournament uh, which the Brazilian embassy in, in Islamabad helped us organize and we had Master Carlson Gracie uh, come and visit us. And the level of course, you know, yes, we have some high colored belts, but I remember listening to a podcast by um, Daniel Strauss, the Raspberry Ape, and he had uh, Mauricio Gomez, uh, Hodger Gracie's father uh, on. And he was talking about how when he came to the UK and he started a club, how difficult it was. And I remember him saying it takes 15 years to develop a good club. So I find in Pakistan generally, a lot of places in the world, jujitsu is a business for a lot of clubs. You know, people just want to increase the numbers. They want to get members in and it becomes a little bit soft. Um, that's not what I want at our club. Uh, when I first went to um, Carlson Gracie in London, they had made the door, the front door on Richford Street. Uh, they had made it, um, sorry, it was in Richmond. Um, they had made the door heavy. So if someone came and they tried to push the door and it was heavy and they got a bit nervous, they'd say, oh, you know, never mind. Anyone who's e even had that slightest inkling of doubt in their mind about whether they want to do this or not. So, I made it difficult for people to find us initially, you know. Now we've got a lot of people coming and training, but it's important, I think, to establish the club, and develop a strong gym with good jujitsu, and then start looking at expanding and becoming more of a business or, or whatever. So there, there are some good clubs in Pakistan. There's some good jujitsu guys. Of course, there's uh, Coach Jazzy, uh, Rashad Lone in Islamabad, uh, in Lahore, sorry, who runs uh, Rogue Fitness and Checkmat. Um, he's got some good guys like Sheriyar, uh, Qureshi, and Bakar um, Omar, who are some solid purple belts. Uh, TFF in Islamabad, I rolled with Coach Atif, of course, he's a very strong, tough guy. Um, doesn't look his age, you know, trains hard. <laughs> Excellent coach. Um, and, you know, them being slightly more an MMA club, they have some very tough guys. Great, great fun to roll with them. You know, everyone's really tough. Um, but we're the only, the only jiu-jitsu club, you know, solo jiu-jitsu club. Everyone else is an MMA club. They teach this, they teach that. Um, you know, Master Carlson was here and he, and I was saying, well, you know, there's a club in Karachi, they teach like 15 different martial arts. <laughs> and he's like, that means they teach nothing. Yeah. Which is, you know what I mean? So, um, 
it's getting better, but we still have a long way to go. Very, very long road ahead of us. And uh, I'm in no rush. I don't think jujitsu should be a, anything that can be rushed. So we just take our time and uh, chip away every day, brick by brick. Perfect, perfect. Uh, as you said, uh, the people have these this, uh, kind of weird uh, thoughts. They want to look for a place who teach everything. In my mind, first of all, you don't know, you don't gonna follow every class. Ah, I want to do kung fu. I want to do taekwondo. I want to do jujitsu. I want to do judo. And you don't want to do all these uh, martial arts. Mm. That's the first point in my mind. Uh, second thing, even if you do two. Okay. Ah, okay. I do two martial arts, like um, I don't know, judo and jiu-jitsu, because they are uh, very close. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, okay, but you know the guy who teach this martial art over there. We have this same problem here in Brazil. We have more, more academies, of course, than uh, uh, Pakistan of BJJ. But many guys, like they train one year and they, they disappear, like uh, one year again. Then they return, they put on uh, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And they are brown belt for stripes or even black belts. And I said, man, and the class is huge, like 50, 55 guys. I said, man, why you do that with my art? You know, I, I think like that. I know it's selfish, but mm. I think like that. Because these kind of guys don't represent our art. When I, when I check Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and I look that, I said, don't do that with my art. Because I know many guys like you, like the guys in Lahore, Islamabad, and guys all around the world doing so hard work to be uh, genuine, to do something uh, really good. And some guys uh, crazy do, do this kind of stuff. And it's not here only, you know that. Yeah, many it's places, it's many places, even in Pakistan, have a guy who, who become a joke on social media because they took picture with an arm bar without the arm. The arm is yeah, yeah. Outside. He's like a meme now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. So, never mind. Let's go. Uh, one thing about uh, your mindset, what I love is that. Every place you want to travel for uh, uh, work because of your job or something like this, you bring your gi with you. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. I really appreciate you do that. Please never stop no, to do the, that. The thing is, uh, Carlos, I'm very lucky that I had um, such great role models in my instructors in London. Wilson Jr., Dickie Martin, Simon Hay is like Simon has this uh, diary online uh, it's on there's like a Facebook page and he is a, a um, Oscar winning sound recordist 
So he has to travel a lot for work. He does a lot of Guy Ritchie movies, X-Men films, and so on and so forth. So whenever he travels for work, he's away for a long time. And he, he'll he be in Morocco, he'll be in Portugal, he'll be in the US. You know, he travels all around the world. And I was a blue belt, and I remember reading his diaries, which he would post online, of how it was to train in uh, some Eastern Bloc countries and to train here and there. And, and it just inspired me, you know. Um, training with such good people who are down to earth, humble, world champions. Um, for me, coming from somewhere like Pakistan, where I used to think, oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy, you know. And then you go and you meet people from all walks of life who come on the mat and they're all killers, you know. Someone can be a lawyer, someone can be a plumber, someone can be a carpenter, someone can be a delivery guy, someone can be a judge. And they're all killer, you know, and it just, it really humbles you and you have a lot of respect for these people. And it just taught me to, to work hard, you know. Um, and that's why now, whenever I travel, I'm lucky I get to travel for work. I take my gi and everywhere I go, Everyone has been welcoming. Uh, I think only one or two places ever someone has asked me to pay. I don't mind paying. Of course, I always offer. But there's this brotherhood uh, uh, or sisterhood or whatever you want to call it in jiu-jitsu. That wherever you go and you say, I'm traveling and I'd like to visit your club, you know, they, op they welcome you with open arms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Today, I was uh, listening a podcast, The Raw Radio. It's a good one. It's a new. It's new. I think uh, they have five or six uh, episodes. But they said something very interesting. Uh, when we found another people or a club or something uh, genuine, in a few seconds or in a minute, we uh, start to talking and start to to be uh, uh, truth with these uh, uh, people like we meet each other like mm -hmm. 10 years ago that's kind of uh, brotherhood mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah. i really don't see Absolutely. this kind of thing in other sports mm -hmm. i agree completely And another question I really wanted to ask you, uh, because we are doing this uh, kind of conversation to go there and there and try to train and of course learning. Uh, when you was a white belt and when you got your blue belt, uh, which way you choose to, to be your best way to learn. You try just to memorize, take some pictures, make some videos, or you get a book note, a notebook, and write it down. Which one you think it's the best way to learn, bro? I think uh, videos are the best way to learn. Um, I used to take notes. I have notes from 2012. Uh, I took notes for many, many years. 
but when you go back and read the notes, at least my notes, I don't understand them. I kind of get an idea, okay, but you miss so many details. So now uh, it's a new technique. Uh, if, if I'm traveling and I'm in London or wherever, I'll uh, complete the class and then I'll grab a partner and I'll say, hey, do you mind you know, if we just go over the techniques we did today? And I'll just set up the camera and quickly record in one or two minutes all the drills. And then you have it with you, you know. And anytime, you know, I want to teach or I want to drill or I want to go back to something, I can just go back and, and look at the video. Yeah, you're so lucky because I'm from 1998. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to have a camera to film some videos to remember after it's so expensive so we took all <laughs> notebooks and pencil and do like a three four five notebooks till we reach the purple or brown belt <laughs> mm. but yeah definitely times are changing and i think jujitsu is changing you know the way people learn the rate at which they learn uh, um you know the the quality of of you know, of the tournament jujitsu or sport jujitsu is really just improving at an exponential rate worldwide, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, also, uh, because the guys looking to 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 me right now and said, "Oh, this old man don't know." We have YouTube nowadays. We have uh, DVDs or even. Uh, online classes uh, i just mean of course i got dvds and then i have some files on uh, extra hd to to watch sometimes but back on the day we have just a piece of paper and a pencil we don't have yep. more than that one one more thing because the guys stop to complain is that they have nothing to complain nowadays. Yeah, I mean, they, they'll find something. They'll always yeah. find something. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, brother, if you give me this uh, chance, I want to I change a little bit the, the topic here. I want to talk about a little bit about coffee. Sure. Because uh, I think, at least in my mind, I saw many uh, BJJ guys who every time before the session took at least a cup of coffee. Which kind of relationship you have with coffee? I have uh, a very loving relationship with coffee, but I understand um, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big nerd when it comes to training, nutrition, performance, all of these things. So coffee, apparently, the best time to have it is a few hours after you've woken up, right? Because when you wake up, there's natural stress hormones, cortisol kick in, and you actually don't need coffee. So I have one cup a day. Only. And uh, only. I love it. I love my one cup. I cherish it. I'd love to have two, um, but but I know that it just builds up in your system, and the half life is eight hours, and 
all this nerdy stuff that, you know, if I have 10 grams of caffeine after eight hours, there's still five grams in my blood after another eight hours, there's two and a half grams and so on and so forth. So on the weekends, I try not to have any coffee, which just means I, I'm sleepy. I'm just sleepy and in a bad mood mostly, which sucks for my family. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm doing it all in the name of good health and nutrition. Right. And uh, which place is your favorite place to take your cup of coffee? I just have, I have, I make my coffee at home always and I take it to work usually. Um, but I do like different kinds of coffee. So um, some days, you know, whatever, I can make a latte at home. Uh, what I really like is cold pressed coffee. Uh, so you take some beans, you grind them very coarsely and put some cold water, cover it and keep it in the fridge for 24 hours. And 36 hours even, and then you pour it out through a fine cheesecloth, so it's nice and clear. And the flavor you get from that coffee, oh my God, it's so good, it's so good. Because you don't burn any of the flavoring off, it's all, you know, you get the full spectrum. Um, and it has a kick to it. So that's one of my favorite coffees. So probably I'm doing something wrong because I I usually take uh, one liter, 1.5 liter per day. I, <laughs> I remember when you came to Karachi, it was either Coca-Cola with caffeine, of course, or it was coffee and just pounding it, pounding <laughs> it. <laughs> By the way, I stopped the uh, Coke. Since last I know. December. I, know, yeah, I, I send you a message, yeah. of course. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Because for me, it's a very good uh, achievement, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I mean, 100%, it's a, it's a fantastic achievement. I remember how much you love Coke. I mean, at least with like dinner or with a meal, you'd have two, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if I probably change the caffeine from Coke to more coffee, at least I leave sugar. Less sugar. Yeah, yeah, less sugar. Sugar is, I mean, everyone knows sugar is like the worst thing. Um, I, I, I love sugar, you know, I love sugar, but I'm in a constant battle of trying not to have any. Um, so I have good days and bad days, like yeah. everyone. I trust you. I absolutely trust you. Because you know which kind of uh, coffee I like it? Uh, like here in Brazil, we have uh, something. I don't know if you try when we you've been here. Uh, sonho, you know, sonho is like a sweet bread. Mm. It, it's close to donuts. It's close, not not the same thing, but it's close. And of course, lots of sugar. But what yeah. I like is that coffee without any sugar. Mm -hmm. And this thing, man, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally unhealthy, but it's amazing. The food in Brazil is its amazing. It's wild. Uh, it's just the energy in, in South America is its incredible. I mean, I remember uh, I went in 2014 
and just the quality of the food, you know, uh, South America, Brazil, you guys have some really good nutrition going on over there. The meat, the fish, everything is fantastic. Acai. Oof. <laughs> I mean, this is probably probably too much for your viewers, but I ate so much acai in, uh, in Rio. I was pooping purple. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> And you uh, is not the first gringo to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Nice, nice. Uh, rather back to BJJ. Uh, in America, they start again to do some tournaments only uh, with the uh, gates closed, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. but I would like to know for you if uh, for BJJ sub only is a good format or the competition like uh, IBJJF, UAJJF is the best one. Which one do you prefer? I mean, IBJJF is definitely not the best. Um, They just give the best medals, you know, that's it. It's just a nice shiny medal and you get a nice title. Say, oh, I won this IBJJF um, tournament. I like um, grappling industries. They had some some cool uh, rule sets where, you know, knee bars, you know, from purple belt and uh, blue belt, pretty much all submissions except heel hooks are allowed, which I like. Uh, so I like EBI rule set. Um, and of course, ADCC rule set, sub only is great. Um, But yeah, tournament jujitsu with the points. Most people are on the same page that it's led to a, a bit of stagnation in jujitsu. And, you know, the real purpose of jujitsu is self defense um, and the basics, the foundation, you know, giving up eye pull guard because that's what you need to do in tournament. Um, but you should know how to take someone down. You have to have good, good stand-up game for sure. Um, so yeah, sorry for the long answer, but yeah, um, sub only, definitely. You know, that's the, that's the true essence of jiu-jitsu. Right, right. Don't want to be sorry, brother. We are here for you. And all uh, kind of thoughts is good because uh, our listeners, our viewers can take uh, full, uh, ideas from what have uh, on our guest mind you know and mm. close close to the ah by the way i pretty love adcc rules the only thing to to give us okay all joints allow it just take it grab yeah. it go home you know <laughs> that's grab anything yeah that's simply amazing uh Still on uh, sub only because they they paying money for the athletes. Of course, uh, mm -hmm. the athlete don't do, don't uh, will be rich if they they mm -hmm. want that. But it's a good way because, as you said, uh, IBJJF give a good medal, nice medal, but not a nice rule set, and even don't pay a good amount of money on their tournaments. Uh, On, on that, of course, 
yeah, on that uh, events like uh, Polaris, uh, Fight to Win, uh, many of, uh, of these uh, particular events, they pay some money. Do you think after the things get normal, that will be increased or will be hold a little bit for a, a while? The Savoni fights? I mean... The, the money price. Oh, the money price. Uh, the money, the prize money. I, I mean, I think it's just going to go up with time. Um, Polaris, um, you know, on Flow Grappling right now, they've got Fight to Win. They've got all kinds of uh, tournaments that are happening every weekend. And I'm so glad for that. You know, you get to watch some nice fights every weekend, which is, which is awesome. And it's, of course, good for professional athletes to win some money so that they can work towards having that as their life goal, you know, uh, unlike um, what it used to be or for IBJJF uh, athletes. Yeah, yeah. I really agree with you. Um, <clears throat> you said before, you are a guy who uh, really nerd with uh, uh, training uh, regime, uh, recovery regime. Uh, but you know, jujitsu is a tough sport, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Can you relate some uh, injury as a worst ever you had? 2017 uh, at a tournament in Munich. It was the Munich Open uh, in the Nogi division. I tore my pec, my pec major. Um, at the time, we didn't know what happened. Um, I had passed this guy's guard, and I was hooking his hip from top position. And uh, he was from Kazakhstan. His jiu-jitsu wasn't great, but he had good wrestling. I think he was pissed that I took him down. So I passed his guard, took him down. And when I was inside control, he took my arm and I was like, I'm safe from here. I don't think he can get a Kimura. But he just took my arm straight up, 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 up in that direction until I just heard pop, pop, pop. And I, you know, I screamed, of course. And the match was over and I thought, oh my God my shoulder. I've done something to my shoulder. This is the dreaded injury, you know, <laughs> because shoulder is such a complex joint. I said, this is it for me. Um, but then uh, I was lucky. I was traveling on to London. I got to see some good doctors there and it turned out I had a pec injury, a uh, pec major tear, um, which was a pretty clean tear. I had to have surgery to reattach the muscle to my arm bone. And, um, I think for a few days, mentally, I was down, but I was doing like 100 burpees still. I was still training. Um, throughout my injury, I trained. I went to Carlson Gracie. I tucked my arm into my belt, and I, did, I drilled whatever I could because for me, learning from an instructor live is so valuable that I'm not willing to give that up. Um, and I think even after my surgery, I was on the mat like in a week, uh, you know, with, with smart training partners, not doing anything crazy, of course, but uh, just, you know, trying to learn.
because I teach, I teach five days a week. And to learn from someone is like a huge blessing. Um, and I, I never want to pass up that opportunity. Yeah, I can get your point. I can get your point. Uh, sometimes when I was uh, younger, I broke some fingers on training this and that. And the guys on, on my other job said, oh, you broken your finger. Why you don't stop to do this? I said, huh? Stop? <laughs> I want to go this evening to the session. <laughs> yeah. Just because one finger, I have 10. What are you talking about? Don't, don't, say, I, I, don't say that to me again, please. <laughs> but most of people uh, who never practice BJJ, they can't uh, get this point. Bro. They can't understand. Yeah, they'll never understand. They, I, I found a, t a picture recently of when I was a kid. I think I was like six or seven years old. I had a No Fear t-shirt. Remember the brand No Fear? And on the back, there's a surfer falling off a wave, like a huge wave crashing. And it said, spectators will never know what it means to hurt for a reason. And that's the life we live now, you know? Like, we get hurt all the time, but we love jujitsu, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I and broke my nose once in jujitsu. Um, training Kimura's as a white belt. Whoa. And I was preparing for a tournament. This guy turned to Kimura me and his heel came straight to my nose. Cracked like a Pringle. I knew immediately it was broken. So I ran to Simon, who was, who was uh, teaching the class. I was like, Simon, I think I've broken my nose. So he looked at me and he's like, yep, it's definitely broken. And uh, he didn't want to touch it because of, you know, he didn't know me. I was a fresh white belt and... Uh, you know, health and safety and all kind of legal things. He was like, look, the hospital's just across the street. Just, just go there, you know? Um, and I remember I came back, I got my, I fixed my nose and I came back like the next day and I was like, I still want to compete. And he was like, I fucking love you. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the bulldog spirit, you know, that we have in jujitsu or, or Carlson Gracie or whatever. Um, yeah, man, from white belt, I was hooked. I was hooked. Never gonna stop. Yeah. What, what you said to him is the dream of all black belts. When you got some uh, new guy, some fresh meat, yeah. <laughs> and something uh, wrong happened. Yeah. That's our favorite uh, word, you know? Okay, yeah. I, I wanna keep here. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Uh... I, I started teaching jujitsu for very, very selfish reasons. Uh, I just wanted to train. So I was like, the only way to train at that time in Karachi, there was nobody. I was the only blue belt. And um, I was teaching purely for selfish reasons to have training partners. But now uh, being, being a coach and seeing people get better, seeing the positive impact it can have on people's lives, I think it's one of the most rewarding jobs anyone can have um, if you do it well I think if you do it well it can be a really really positive um, thing to have in your life yeah if you do in a right way in a good way because uh, I believe on that uh, I guess we already 
had this uh, conversation in my last time in Karachi. Uh, serve first is the best thing. If you serve first, because everybody has a gift, right? Mm. Uh, if your gift is teach BJJ or uh, uh, spread some BJJ technique, please share this, share this, and uh, do your best to do to, to see other people doing what you doing as well, right? Mm. That's the the perfect way in BJJ, in, in my opinion. And you said you teach uh, five days a week, right? Out uh, the mats, how is your relationship with the team? Uh, it's pretty good. I, um, I like to, I mean, I think jujitsu improves your intuition, like your sixth sense or whatever you want to call it. So, um, they're just some people that you meet, you immediately connect with, immediately you can bond with. Um, of course, you know, people who've been training with, with me the longest, of course, I'm the closest to. Uh, because we meet five days a week, we don't necessarily meet outside jiu-jitsu. Of course, when you see them, you're so happy. But every day after class, I do like a, like a yoga session or a stretching se session for 45 minutes. And we just sit around and talk crap, you know, for 45 minutes, everyone's laughing, having a good time. So that's our, our social, um, outside the mats, you know, we try and go for, you know, team lunches and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a real people person, you know, I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like, <laughs> I don't like crowds. I don't like, uh, you know, going to meet people and jujitsu is just the best thing for me. Um, we're all like-minded. We all want to help each other. We all have that respect for each other. You know, there's a boundary. Um, I guess that's the German in me. <laughs> um, I like, I like boundaries, you know? So, so yeah, I get on with everyone pretty much. Great. But these uh, 45 minutes, uh, even if you, you guys are inside the mats yet, it's mm -hmm. kind of uh, resenha. You know what means resenha? No. That's what you are doing there for 45 minutes. Uh, Brazilian guys in Rio said that's a resenha. That, that means it's kind of uh, hang out. But you don't want to leave the mat to hang out, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's some uh, weird thing to explain in English, but it's something like that. Yeah, 100%. There's some people that hang around for ages, you know? We're like, guys, we're closing the gym, everyone. <laughs> you know, get out now. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great environment, I think. But that's just the beauty of jiu-jitsu, you know? It brings people together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my brother Alisha, uh, I wanna call the coffee break because I have some guys to support the the podcast, and mm -hmm. I want uh, to show them for our for our viewers. Okay, then we will return and keep this amazing conversation. Okay, sounds good. 
This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is brought to you by Cervical Kimonos. Action is everything. The famous BJJ Gi brand in the UAE and Middle East. Also, they are all over Europe and shipping worldwide. Cervical Kimonos. Action is everything. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Famous Oz Pizza is the pizzeria based in Karachi, Pakistan that specializes in New York style pizza made with the exact same ingredients from in from New York City. The owner has spent the last many years learning the art of pizza making New York at some of the best family-owned pizzerias in the city. If you like real New York pizza, you will love famous oh i'm a pizza lover as most of you guys know and i had been there it's so perfect like a pizza dreamland the environment the flavors the vibe and the owner is called dr pizza for a reason you must visit or even order from them access famoso's pizza on instagram and facebook This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Pacific Multi Products, PMP, an Adam G Group company, your most reliable supplier of raw materials in Pakistan, specializing in petrochemicals, rubber and textile, raw materials for the Pakistan market. Access www.pmp.com.pk. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Soulside. It's an industrial design and art studio also based in Karachi, Pakistan. They run creative design workshops throughout the year and also manufacture unique collections of functional pieces. Be the Ocean is one of the series inspired by Samara Hunt's disease. I start about a woman who, despite her human shortcomings, believes that she belongs to the water. The collection has been launched as a functional wood and epoxy resin art series and includes ocean trays, platers, platters, wall installations and furniture pieces. The entire series is now up and live on the Instagram business account access at Soulside Studio. This episode of Jiu-Jitsu Café Podcast is also brought to you by Trauma Release and Wellness Center is a wellness base in Karachi, Pakistan that aims to empower people through trauma recovery and personal development. Through the use of trauma release, exercise and other therapies practices. They release the tension from the body that helps in healing individuals and groups from within. For more details, access www.trwcentre.com. And last but not least, this episode of Jiu-Jitsu Cafe Podcasts is also brought to you by FitMap, your one-stop shop to all things fitness. Hello, everyone. We are back here on Jiu-Jitsu Cafe Podcast uh, with uh, Alicia from Karachi, from Carson Grace team. He's one of the genuine brown belt over there. Uh, Alicia, here on uh, our podcast, we have a game, who I call The Game. I think it's not a, a fancy name, but <laughs> that's what I, I named this game. Uh, it's uh, 10 back-to-back -back questions. Uh, mm -hmm. If you accept, I'll do some questions and uh, please answer the first thing you have in your mind. Can you participate with me? Yes, please. So let's go. Gi, blue, white or black? White. 
Nice, traditional, very good. Jiu-Jitsu with gi or no gi? Always with the gi. Why? I find that you can be more technical with the gi. Um, I, I do no gi. I do a lot of no gi, uh, but I hate it. And that's why I do it. Because everyone has to know no gi. Nice but answer. But I prefer gi. Any nice day. answer, nice answer. Always uh, uh, trying to push your uh, uh, comfort zone forward, right? A bit too much. <laughs> Right, next one. Uh, academy or arena, you think the nicest place you ever been to compete or to train? Nicest place I've been to compete or train? Um, I think uh, competing under floodlights is a pretty awesome feeling. Um, one of the competitions I did, in, again, was in Munich. and. Um, in the evening, they had the flood, floodlights in like the sports arena, and it just feels feels pretty cool. Awesome, awesome. Uh, which kind of uh, song, which kind of music uh, you usually hear when you go to your training session? Hip hop. It's usually hip hop or rap, and a lot of my students hate me for it, but they don't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I really love with you for this. Your favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, it used to be burgers, but since Famous O's Pizza came around, it's pizza. Oh, there, pizza. It's from another world. Next one. The best quality you can find in a training partner? Best quality you can find in a train? Patience. Great. The, the biggest uh, goal, the main goal, you want to reach in BJJ? Um, for, for any of my students to, to not, I mean, would it be world champion? Maybe, I mean, that's quite a goal. For any of my students to exceed me, I want my students to be competing and doing better than, better than me. Great. The, the favorite city you ever visit? My favorite city? Oh gosh. Uh, I think it would have to be either Tokyo or Rio. Oh, that's great. Both. That's great. Pretty awesome. Uh, best weather to train, summer or winter? Uh, in Pakistan, winter. In Europe, <laughs> summer, definitely. <laughs> great. Okay, 10 0. You beat me. Congrats, bro. <laughs> Thank you. I like this game. Yeah, it's kind of fun just because uh, many times the people have uh, simple questions to ask. Mm. We are doing so deep in some uh, topics and the people don't know these uh, simple questions. That's why I create the, details. the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, brother, uh, I want to ask you about uh, books. Uh, if related with BJJ or not, it's up to you. Uh, do you have uh, some book? What is the 
favorite one you want to share with uh, our guys here and say something it's called it's called the book of five rings by uh, all right. miyamoto musashi i've had this copy for uh, maybe 15 years and i keep coming back to it it's like um it's compared to the art of war um by Sun Tzu, but I just find this uh, applies a little bit more to life, a little bit more to jujitsu, and um, I just understand his writing a little bit better. It's written in the 1600s, 1643 or something like that, um, by Miyamoto Musashi, who's one of the most well-known swordsmen of Japan. Uh, he's like, he's, he's a legend. Um, and I just think it's a great book. You know, there are other books like uh, Drill to Kill by Andre Galvao and, you know, there's, there's loads of books for jiu-jitsu, but this one, I feel like for mindset, there's nothing like it, personally. Right. right. Yeah. Like if you want to choose uh, just one, that would be the one. That's the one. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Uh, now we are close to the, the end of the, the episode. Uh, I wanna tell you to give us a message uh, and also a message for your team, for your academy, who follow us and the guys who know us for the first time. Um, for the people that are signing in the first time, thanks for listening. I hope you guys found this uh, informative and entertaining um for for um for the team you know i don't necessarily talk too much about myself uh at the club so you know it might be interesting for some of the students to learn a little bit more about me and um yeah i'm just really grateful to all the students who come and train you know that make our team a better team they make us all better they all help each other and uh you know i hope i look forward to many more years of training together what a message and even if the guys need to to know something about you just ask me guys just send me a message on private i'll say it to you <laughs> i think oh. too many of them do that already <laughs> <laughs> all the times when this guy went on uh, Tim Nogueira Dubai and smash me on that mat. I never forget this. Um, you have different memories. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, and let us know about your goals for this uh, second semester in 2020 uh, and 2021, I, please. I don't believe in goals, like annual goals or you know, when, when the new year is coming, people are like, oh, what are your new year goals? I don't have new year goals. It's just every day, you know, there's something to work on. Um, I have midterm goals, long-term goals, but not, nothing that I'm like, oh, I want to lose some weight or, oh, I want to gain some weight. I want to be stronger. I want to be, uh, you know, every aspect of myself that I'm aware of. There are a lot of aspects that we're not aware of ourselves, but whatever I'm aware of myself, I'd like to get better. Um, there's one guy, David Goggins, um, who's like a retired Navy SEAL, runs. He's one tough, crazy guy. 
And um, I used to think that I'm trying to be better, but I'm only trying to be better at the things I like, like jujitsu. But you have to try and be better at everything, even the things you don't like. So, so that is the goal to just get better. Right, right. So that's uh, that is the reason why you practice no gi, right? That's the reason I practice no gi, right? <laughs> okay, guys, we are fresh on time. Uh, I want to say thank you again to my brother Alisha for being here on this episode of the Jiu Jitsu Cafe podcast. Uh, he's, My pleasure. Uh, he's a genuine brown belt. We see a lot of uh, Bushitsu guys over the world, but this guy in Karachi, he's really a truly martial artist. He's a kind of modern samurai. And if you are in Karachi, just visit there as soon as this uh, uh, pandemic mess get the under control and thanks again bro i counting down to see you in person thank you for having me carlos it's been a it's been a great pleasure i'm so glad to catch up we are in touch anyway um so it's nice to see you and uh, a real honor to be here on your podcast nice to see you too bro so guys thanks for listening guys see you on the next episode thank you again alicia and stay safe Usa. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.